There is in every human being an impulse and at some level a pursuit to be a righteous and good person. There is also in every person a basic insecurity that they are not what they should be. And this is reflected in all the laws and rules that are put upon them in their religions. Christ has come to put an end to this pursuit and bring us to the destination, completely righteous in himself. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. This is a program of the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can go to traincpe.org to learn more about our work in over 40 countries. You can also find us through links at breadoflifeboise.org where you'll learn about our local missions fellowship. We've been looking at Romans chapter 3, verse 21, where God declares that a righteousness has now been made available for us all. It is a righteousness realized in contrast to the unending effort or long slog that we go through seeking to prove ourselves worthy by our own efforts. And this answer of God is at the heart of the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're honest with yourself and, well, I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to earn a right standing with God by my effort. Yeah, you can get excited about it for a moment. Very idealistic. You can be very encouraged that you're, this is your day for turning a new leaf in life. And you know, you'll be kicking yourself around at night oftentimes. And on and on and on it goes. That's the slog of life. It's the battle of life. God comes to people who are in this interminably long attempt to be righteous. And God adds to it, well, not only is this long and difficult, but through Paul, he basically says, it's futile. <laughs> it's never going to work. Here's what Paul is saying. You might not like to hear this, but aren't you tired of this unfulfilled longing and this unending effort that is before you? Aren't you tired of just trying and trying and trying to be right before God and right in your own skin? And I have an answer for you, Paul says. There's a righteousness right now that comes from God apart from all the rules and all the laws and all the effort that God wants to reveal to you. That's his message. Let's look at a couple simple words here. The first word I want you to see here is just the word but. Back in November, we ended our series in Romans that we'd come up to this point, and actually, to some extent, it was kind of a sad series up to this point because every single time we got together, we had to hit the drum that Paul was hitting over and over again at the absolute sinfulness of men and our absolute inability to save ourselves and the wretchedness of what is bubbling up, you might say, from our own selves. It was getting darker and darker and darker, and just at the moment when Paul says, look, it's futile, all the laws you have only show you that you're a sinner and you're guilty before God, and just when you think finally you're ready to accept it and you're going down and you see all the way before you is just a direction of down, then God through the Spirit speaks to Paul to say, but, but, it's a conversative, it's a word of contrast, that stands against the dark descriptions of the fertility that's gone before. and It's a word of contrast against all the failures of the past and all the fruitlessness of your efforts. And when you finally see your deep, desperate need and your utter, just condemnation because of your sins before God and you're about ready to give up all hope, God says, but. Paul says, but. And now all of a sudden there's a moment at which there's a line of hope that comes before these individuals. Here's the next word. Even a better word, it's the word now. Now. 
against this ongoing slog and the struggle and the doing it over and over again, trying to achieve some state of righteousness and goodness and a slog that individuals try to forget everything that's in their past and hope that somehow they can make a better day in the future and then they have to project it out beyond this life to the afterlife where maybe there I'll be able to do what needs to be done to finally be righteous. Before all this, God breaks in with this word now. Now is a righteousness that's revealed for you. And God gives us an answer that is immediate. It's not a long, drawn-out process of steps that you have to follow. It's not a series of procedures that you have to put in place. It's not a maze that you follow, and it's not a map that somehow guides you to some hidden treasure. It's a, it's a burst of light that comes almost blindingly and overwhelmingly and flashes out of the darkness upon us. Now, now God has something for us. Back when I was in high school, I went with a couple of friends and we went out to the Cuna Caves. I don't know if any of you have ever been to the Cuna Caves. They're still there. They haven't gone away. And there's a large ladder. To go down. It's, I don't know how many feet it is, but it's got to be about 40 or 50 feet of ladder that you go down from the surface of the earth to get down into this cave. And then you, you wander back into the back of the cave. And it's about, it's a little more than a quarter of a mile that you go back there. And you, we had a little flashlight. And we got all the way back. But as we got back to the back of that cave, our flashlight died. Now, listen, you don't know what blackness is until you're in the back of a cave without a flashlight. You can't see anything. You can't see anything. And so, well, we found that one of us had some matches, a book of matches. Not very many, but a book of matches. So we would light the match because we had to get out of there. We'd light the match, and there was enough of a wind blowing in there that, that it would swirl that flame around. So you couldn't even let the match burn out before it started burning your hand. So you'd light that match, and you'd get a bearing of where you need to go, and then it would go out, and you'd crawl five or six yards and then you'd light another match and you'd see kind of where you need to go and you'd crawl five or six yards and you had to keep your head down low. It was really rocky. You really wanted to stand, but you couldn't stand because you didn't want to hit your head on the ceiling. It comes down low at different points and I'd actually hit my head on the ceiling there once before and there and I just totally split open my head and my head had got all bloody and it was terrible. And so we're all keeping our heads down low and oh, how dark it was. Eventually, we ran out of matches. By then, we had developed some sense of the direction we were going. We just kept crawling on our hands and knees. And there's a panic that comes upon you. And then all of a sudden, you imagine that you're seeing light. You can't really see it, but the sense in which it seems as though there's something else introducing itself to this blackness, some little filter of light or some different sense of something other than just utter blackness. And so you keep moving along, and then that gets a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger, and then it's a little more light, and then all of a sudden you start to just barely distinguish edges and forms in the space in front of you, and then slowly you come into where you enter into the entrance of that cave where light is coming through a little filtered hole up above your head, and you enter into the light, and then you climb up that ladder and you're out in the light. It's quite, I've got to tell you, quite a relief when you realize that that's actual light and it's coming from the outside and it's encouraging but it came gradually and you made your way gradually to it and that may be how an individual comes to God's truth that's maybe how God begins to show you what needs to take place in your life he may just give a little bit of light so that you can see among other things the dangers before you and the sin in your own life and the need in your life he's stirring your eyes to begin to realize what is the great deep need in your life but that is not how God gives his righteousness to you. It may be how he kind of reveals truth to you, and he reveals your need to you, and he shows you what it is he's done for you, 
But the day in which God brings you to his righteousness, it's not like that. It's not like this slow, progressive, growing light. It's a flood of righteousness that he pours out upon you that's completely different than anything you've known in your life. It's not something that you thought of. It's not something that you climbed your way up to. It's not something you reasoned your way to. It's something God manifests to you or reveals to you. He pours out upon you this truth that you can be right in him and that he gives you his righteousness and that it can come to you in a now moment, a moment that will last forever, a moment that's sustained, a righteousness that will never pass away. Wesley sang about it. We just sang about it this morning. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. Flamed with light. This is not a person who's just discovering breadcrumbs of truth until somehow he comes to a new philosophy in life. This is a person who's come out of the cave in a burst of light, cave of his own sin, his own misery. And God has said, I, I have a righteousness that comes completely outside of yourself. It comes completely from me and I'm giving it to you. And in that moment, you are brought into the eternal now of God. That's the eternal now of God. It's the now of God's complete and total righteousness given to you in the place of the long slog that men engage in to try to make themselves right for God in their own effort. How good is that? How wonderful is that? How gracious is that? Let's look at another thing here quickly. Let us emphasize this phrase, a righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness of God is revealed. The old NIV translation is a righteousness from God. And the emphasis there is the origin. It originates from God. God sends something to us, so it comes from him. But the Greek word there lends itself to the most common translation, which is a righteousness of God. And that includes the idea of origin, that God sends it to us, it's from him. But it also adds something. It's not just a message of origin. It strongly reveals a message of substance. This is God's righteousness. This is a righteousness of God himself. God in a flash of light brings down upon us his righteousness in the place of all the things we've tried to drive up from ourselves. Everything that we've tried to somehow attain in our own effort. It's a flash of God's righteousness poured out upon us in answer for all of our longing, for all of our effort, for all of our failure. God reveals and sets upon us his own righteousness. It's not acquired by our efforts. It's brought about by a revelation, a manifestation that God sends to us. Receiving that righteousness draws us into a state of accomplishment, of a finished, fulfilled longing that is before God forever and forever and forever. In other words, all the things I've done to try to be righteous is put aside. All the sins I've ever committed are put aside. And in that very moment in which I receive and embrace what God would give me of his own righteousness, at that moment I stand complete and finished in a state of righteousness that we will never entirely know or understand because it's as deep as the eternity of God. It's his own righteousness. Every good, true, moral law that we embrace is a reflection of the divine lawgiver's own nature and character. All the laws, all the Ten Commandments that you look at, God gave those commandments. They're not arbitrary commandments. 
If you studied them and considered the Ten Commandments, each one of them is a reflection of something that's true in God. And God is asking us, in a sense, by the way we live, to reflect his very character and his very nature. Yet when we try to do that, we fail over and over again. The Lord Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. And he lived a sinless life and he obeyed all the commands, but it wasn't because he had a checklist. It wasn't because he had them memorized in the back of his head and he was just making sure that he kept checking. Okay, don't lie. Okay, today, remember, don't lie. And he had this checklist that he was fulfilling and keeping. It's not because he was just following the law. It was because he was God in the flesh, come the flesh. It was because all those laws were a reflection of his own character. So in this sense, Jesus didn't follow the law. The law followed him. The law followed him. Now, if you think you can be right before God by following the law, you won't be able to. But if you want to, you can follow the law to the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll lead you to him, the one who perfectly and completely fulfilled it. And all, oh Lord, I failed. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. But you did. This is an expression. Oh, this was teaching me of what you are like, what you are perfectly like, what you have accomplished. This is teaching me what you want to give me from your own good self your life. That's the promise here. That's what God's given us. And that is what people reject when they reject Christ. They reject his righteousness and stubbornly stick to their plan to gain it on their own. But it won't work. This is the only righteousness that God will accept. The righteousness of Jesus Christ received by us in complete faith with empty hands. May you choose to live in that provision as your hope and your accomplished righteousness. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life. We are a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. Feel free to come and worship with us. To learn about when and where we meet, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.